Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. All right, if you would all read with me from the book of Job, front page. Then Job answered and said, Truly I know that it is so, but how can a man be in the right before God? If one wished to contend with him, one could not answer him once in a thousand times. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has hardened himself against him and succeeded? He who removes mountains and they know it not, when he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble, who commands the sun and it does not rise, who seals up the stars who alone stretched out the heavens and trampled the waves of the sea, who made the bear and Orion, the Pleiades and the chambers of the south, who does great things beyond searching out and marvelous things beyond number. Behold, he passes by me and I see him not. He moves on, but I do not perceive him. Behold, he snatches away. Who can turn him back? Who will say to him, what are you doing? Thank you, Rock. All righty. Well, um, you know, it's funny. I was worried that uh, Drew was gone, and we usually have three preachers here, but then I forgot that my wife was singing, and she was a preacher, so it was all good. Amen. Amen, just like when Drew's here. Um, I want to start just uh, by saying a word of prayer as we dig into this passage in Job. Uh, Father, uh, Lord, would you work through me. Would you uh, speak um, words of truth? Um, don't allow me to bring opinions or uh, you know, ideas to what you've written in your word. Um, Father, prepare uh, my lips, prepare our hearts today as you um, use your word to challenge us, to grow us, um, and uh, mold us into the image of your son, Jesus. We love you, and we pray all these things in his name. Amen. Amen. So, um, we've been going through this series called the Wisdom Series, and you know, Marcus has talked about it here and there. Um, we we decided that because our average age in our staff meeting is around thirty, um, you know, we have spunk and we have energy, but we don't have a lot of wisdom. And so, what better way to do this is, you know, I don't. Wisdom is, is great, and we gain it by, you know, years and experience, but there's no better way to gain wisdom than by looking at God's standard of wisdom. And so um, we are, are going through uh, the three books that are widely known as the wisdom books, and we're starting with the book of Job. And Marcus has been preaching through it, um, and uh, it's a very difficult book. If you guys have gotten the chance to read through it, there's... Um, some not so fun things. And Marcus was just glad that I could share the burden with him um, because <laughs> I think it's beating him up. But uh, that's okay. Um, you know, I, I think God's word is working when it's challenging you. And so that's, that's encouraging for me, um, you know, sitting under Marcus's leadership. But I hope, I hope the book of Job is, you know, in a sense, beating you up and challenging you and growing you as we go through it. 
I, I was thinking today, I was like, well, what is the, you know, if I wanted to define wisdom, and I've commonly defined wisdom a couple things, and, you know, if we're actually seeking wisdom, maybe it's good to know what wisdom is. And so I did a little Google search, and um, on dictionary.com, it says, uh, wisdom is the knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to action. I think we can all gather that wisdom isn't just knowing things. It's not just knowledge. It's not just being smart. Um, wisdom is, is that truth, right? What's true or right, coupled with uh, just judgment or application, there's, there's a knowing what's right and knowing how that applies. And you could almost say it's a, it's a heart matter, the second aspect. There's knowing stuff. There's knowing truth. But then there's having a heart that's willing to obey that truth and to act accordingly. Two years ago, I went off to uh, Word of Life Bible Institute. It was a, a school out in northern New York. I'd highly recommend it to anyone who's interested, whether you're here or online, um, they, they love the Word of God, and they are very, very faithful to it. At school, um, I was <laughs> commonly referred to as Grandpa Jenkins. Um, my last name is Jenkins. I was, I think, the second oldest student that was on campus. Um, uh, when I was there, I was 26. Most of these kids are, like, just coming out of high school. And so I went early, and um, I wanted to, because you have to go early if you want to play any sports, but also if you wanted to apply for any leadership positions, whether you're an RA or um, they have these things called service RAs or something, so you kind of lead a team that does service stuff around the school. And so I wanted to play soccer, and then I wanted to uh, be an RA. And so I was fortunate and blessed enough to get the opportunity to be an RA, and as, as an RA, you were... Uh, kind of put in a, a mentor disciple or discipler role over um, you know anywhere from six to eight guys or or girls if you're a girl um, and it was really it was a really cool experience you know and I was put in that position so it was like you know it's it's kind of weird because like you know in real life I kind of can I can reach out to kids that I think you know might might be interested in hanging out with me. These kids were just paired with me, so they got me whether they liked me or not. Um, and uh, one thing I learned throughout the year, because um, there, you know, there were some times in the year that I felt like there's right when I got to school, I was so jazzed to be there, and I was just like, I loved God and I loved His Word, and I really wanted to be obedient and I wanted to soak it up and learn it and all that. And there were certainly times though throughout the year that I would say that you know maybe internally. You, you might not be able to tell externally, but internally, I, was, I didn't feel as close to God as I wanted. I don't know if you guys can relate to me on that. Maybe you guys have had a season where you didn't feel as close to God. Now, this is what, what really challenged me, was that as I was in this season where I was like, man, I just don't feel like close to God. And, and honestly, I just, there were downright times that I was like, I just don't really feel like being obedient to God in this or that or whatever. But I was still in a, in a role as a discipler of these boys, and I still sat down with them, and, and I still gave from, every, you know, from what I understand is good, godly, and accurate advice. And 
that was like, that was kind of hard was that, man, I was able to sit and give good, good advice, good biblical advice, but not be taking it at the same time. And it really got me thinking as I started to wrap my mind around wisdom and especially reading today's passages, I was like, man, am I just like knowing all these things, having this knowledge of God, knowledge of the truth, knowledge of the gospel, but, and, and I'm teaching, I'm trying to teach these boys how to apply it, yet I myself am not applying it. That's not very wise. And so I, I labeled, I called the sermon today, uh, wisdom equals knowledge plus application. Knowledge plus application. What's interesting about Jesus is Jesus doesn't require knowledge. You see time and time again throughout his ministry that he goes to people who were like the least expected. And he says, yep, you, you're, you failed out of school. You're doing your dad's trade. I want you. They're like, what do you mean? Don't you want that Pharisee guy over there who got straight A's in school? Nope, you. I want you. He's after our heart. I think that's clear. He's after our heart. That's what's cool about wisdom is that you might not be wise, um, but, but we all have the opportunity to have a heart to obey, a heart to apply whatever it is that God teaches. And so that's how we come to Jesus. Jesus really wants that. And he knows that in seeking after your heart first, your head, the knowledge of him and the knowledge of what he desires for you will come as you follow him. So uh, I just thought that was really, uh, really obvious to me when I went to Bible school. I hope that kind of speaks to you guys. But as we dig a little bit more into this passage, I want to talk first about a little bit of context. Okay, we're in Job chapter 9. There's been a couple back and forth, as you guys know, in the beginning of Job. God has this interesting encounter with uh, the, the Satan or the, or the accuser, as he's called. And, he, and God says, look how great my, my servant Job is. And he's like, well, yeah, of course. He gave him everything, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, long story short, Satan takes everything from Job, and God allows it. God allows him to, to take his family, take his, his money, um, like everything short of his wife and I would assume his house. But he was stripped. And then on top of it, um, his health was taken. He was given these very painful sores all over his body. So he was in a pretty low place, and he had some friends. We talked about what it was like to be a good friend. His friends showed up, and they spent seven days sitting silent with their friend Job because they could see that his grief was too great for words. That's the language that's used, and they did great. That's great. And Marcus talked about how, how we, if you want to learn how to be a good friend, enter into a situation and don't, don't immediately be there to just fix their problems. We're not there to fix their problems. We're there to love them. And so entering in. Now, as soon as they opened their mouth, they started to mess up. Um, so we're, we're a couple back and forth into this. And in essence, what these friends, um, we're going to look at Bildad because Bildad was in chapter eight. That was one of his three friends. Um, they're saying, well, Job, you had all these really unfortunate things happen to you. You must have sinned and you are being punished. That's the gist of it. Um, I'll, I'll read a little bit. Uh, in Job chapter 8, verses 3 through 7, does God pervert justice? 
Or does the Almighty pervert the right? If your children have sinned against him, he has delivered them into the hand of their transgression. If you seek God and plead with the Almighty for mercy, if you are pure and upright, surely then he will rouse himself for you and restore your rightful habitation. And though your beginning was small, your latter days will be very great. We talked a little bit about that the other day. Man, you want to talk about a bonehead thing to say, hey, all your kids just died. Well, they were, they were probably sinning, and so God, you know, was giving, giving them what they had coming. Wow, that is low. I'm starting to lose my voice too now. <clears throat> um, anyway, so, so that, that's the gist of what they're talking about. Now, I wanna, what was interesting to me is I thought about Job. Um, Job was an interesting character. We don't know exactly when he came. Um, there is, there's a revised final verse in the Septuagint, which is essentially the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that says that, that Job was the grandson of uh, Esau, which is the, um, which is the brother of, ja- no, the brother of Jacob, yeah. Oh, man, the brother of Jacob. Um, and Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, and then his 12 sons became the tribes of Israel, right? Well, what's interesting is, you know, um, when you think of this tra- very transactional thing that, that Bill Dad and his friends are talking about, it sounds kind of like the old covenant, what the old covenant was. If you're not familiar, it's the Mosaic covenant. It's the, it's the laws that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And, it, and God said, if you obey them, I will bless you. If you don't obey them, I will curse you. And, and, and all sorts of bad things will happen. Either way, the, the world will know that your God is the true God because when you're obedient, he blesses you. And when you're not obedient, he doesn't. And so this, you know, it's funny that it seems like their theology, their understanding of God is based on, you know, uh, uh, the old covenant kind of. Now, what's interesting about Job is he wouldn't even fall into that covenant, the covenant was made with the people of Israel. Technically, if, if, if Job truly was the grandson of Esau, he wasn't even an, an Israelite. He was descendant of Abraham. He was descendant of the promises of Abraham, but not of, of, uh, of Jacob. Anyways, without going too deep into that, it, it's, what's interesting is, is that like, it might not even really apply to Jacob by trying to go down that way. Now, what's funny about the old covenant is if God truly, as Bildad saying, you know, God is just. Is God just? Yes. There's, there's, God is certainly just. But we see time and time again in the story specifically of the Israelites as they venture out into the wilderness, out of Egypt, and they disobey God left and right. And... And God certainly does not execute immediate judgment. He does, there's a few times that it happens, but he doesn't, and he's patient and enduring with them. And, and so, you know, even if God were to execute immediate judgment on Job right then, that would still not even really be fully in keeping with, with what the old covenant kind of looked like with the, with the nation of Israel. I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, so Bill Dad and, and later on we find out God was like, all your friends were boneheads. Like they were all wrong. 
Job, what, this is so interesting because Job in chapter 9, what, right here, what we read in verses 1 through 12, is like, it's like a fast forward to chapter 38 when God finally shows up. It's crazy because Job already knows the truth of what God's going to say, which is who can stand before God and question him? He, I mean, it's right here, and yet Job stands before God and tries to question him. Isn't that funny? I mean, I, I, I was reading it. I'm like, man, that sounds a lot. It's funny because as you get down into verses, you know, if you're looking at your, at your bulletins uh, in verses 4 or 5, he who removes mountains and they know it not, when he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth, he's, ta- he's starting to talk about creation. If, if you guys have read forward and you understand what's at the end of the book of Job when God shows up and he's like, all right, I'll answer you, um, but first I need you to answer me. What God does is he says, look at creation. Were you there when I created the heavens and the earth? And then he just takes them on this tour through, through all the things that were made. And man, it was, it's, I don't know, it really stuck out to me. And I'm like, man, Job already knows what God's going to say. And yet Job doesn't take that knowledge. And he says, I'm going to stand before God and I want to question him. And you'll see it time and time again through the book of Job. He wants an answer from God. His friends still don't get it. They still think he's a sinner. They still think he's receiving punishment. And, and here's the thing. Does, does God execute judgment based on our sin? There are certainly times where I, I sin and I get, I get some judgment for it at that moment. But a lot of times God, God operates out of this this patience with our sin that I can't quite like I don't deserve God's patience for the ways that I disobey him. I hope I hope you guys don't believe that you deserve God's patience for your sin. Cuz as soon as we start to presume upon God's grace, we start to walk a fine line with saying, "Oh yeah, like, you know, and and Paul talks about this in Romans like, well, I'm just going to continue on in my sin and let grace abound because God is so loving and so patient and so kind. Don't walk down that road. Don't walk down that road. That's really, really cool as we, as we look to what, how Job, Job knew. He knew he had the knowledge, but he didn't apply. So the truth what is the truth? I want to look at verse, this is a little bit further down. It's not in your guys's, uh, in your bulletins. It's verse 20. Verse 20 of chapter 9. Though I am in the right, my own mouth would condemn me. Though I am blameless, he would prove me perverse. You know what's funny is in the beginning, God was the one who said that Job was blameless. And Job is trying to uh, to to make the case for his blamelessness. Job, Job right in verse 20 says, listen, I'm in, I'm, I didn't do anything wrong, yet God would find wrong, like my mouth, my own mouth would condemn me. Though I am blameless, he would prove me perverse. I mean, God is the standard. And the truth is that none of us, nobody no matter how blameless or righteous we are, can stand.
before a holy God. I mean, and you look in verse uh, 2 and 3, and this is on your bulletin. Truly, I know that it is so. He knows that it's so that God is just. But how can a man be right before God? That's straight out. That's, I can't believe I'm reading this in Job. That's, that's all the New Testament. How can we be right before God? No one can. Bildad's saying, hey, you should be right before God. Job's saying, no, you can't. No one can do that. No one can do that. If one wished to contend with him, one could not answer him once in a thousand times. <laughs> it's so funny because he totally answers him. And then later, that last verse that you guys have in verse 12, who will say to him, what are you doing? Yeah, who was saying that to him? It was Job. Job was saying, what are you doing, God? It's, it's just around and around. The truth is that none of us can stand before a holy God. The truth is sometimes serving God involves hardships. Sometimes it doesn't, but sometimes it does. We live in a fallen world. That's the nature of the world that we live in. And, even, and Jesus even promised that those who follow him will receive that, that hardship, that persecution, just for, just for claiming that you follow him. Sometimes sin gets punished right away, and sometimes it doesn't. Ultimately, all sin will be punished. Ultimately, all sin will be paid for. And what's beautiful about God is that he gives you the choice to allow Jesus to suffer that for that, or he allows you to suffer for it. I choose Jesus suffering for my sin because I can't bear it. I hope you guys do too. Wisdom is having the knowledge, the truth of who God is, and then applying it. Don't be like me in Bible school who sat in front of the, the kids that I discipled and I told them all these wonderful truths about how to follow God and how to strengthen your relationship with him and pursue him. And yet I was not really, you know, putting the time in or, or actually desiring to do that. Don't be like me. Don't be like Job who, who shares, uh, you know, crystal clear truth about who God is and yet he, he immediately contradicts himself in what he says as he acts contrary. Don't be, like, don't be like me. Don't be like Job. Be like Jesus, who knew the truth about God, and he acted according to it. His whole life, he was the only one who can ever do that perfectly. Knowledge tells me that none can stand before God, not one. And we're all in need of God's mercy and his patience. If you're Job's friends, knowledge tells you, if you suffer, you must have sinned. And that's punishment. God is perfectly just. So anytime you have something hard happen to you, you probably did something wrong. Application makes me think, if you look at that first truth, none can stand before God. We all need his mercy and patience. Application is I humble myself before that God and I accept whatever the Lord sends my way. 
whatever the Lord sends my way, whether it's hardship like Job faced, which I wouldn't wish that on anyone in the world. Or he gives you everything. Either way, it's not yours. You humble yourself and you trust in what God... Here's the application of what Job's friend's truth is. Shame on you for your sin. You need to live better so God blesses you. What a burden. Man, you got to live perfect the rest of your life. All right, good luck. That's, that's too much. The good news that Jesus came to bring was that Jesus lived perfectly so we don't have to. We can be loved, we can be forgiven, we can, we can be justified because of what Jesus did. And therefore, we go out and we can live our life in a way that's, that looks even remotely like one with wisdom, as, as Jesus had wisdom. And it's only when we, when we know that God loves us in that way, it's only when we know that, that God has already given us that great, that great gift of Jesus dying on the cross for us that we can ever live out wisdom in the way that God desired for us to do. Wisdom is knowledge of God and applying it to our life. Here's the thing. Some people, some people in this room might, you might have really great knowledge of who God is, but you might be like me and have trouble applying it. Don't be, don't be shamed by that. But trust that Jesus took that for you. And you can move forward trusting in him. As you try to live that out. You can lean into the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit leads you. To apply the knowledge of who God is. Now you might be in the other boat. You might be. So Job's friends. I think their hearts were good. They, they wanted to be there for their friend. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I had heard that one of my buddies, you know, had had all the stuff that Job had happen, I'd be like, why don't someone else go over there to help them? I mean, like, they showed up. I, that's got to count for something, right? They had a good heart, but their truth was far from it. So maybe you're here and maybe you've been believing that, that, that it's a really transactionary thing where if I'm good, God will bless me and I'll go to heaven. Or if I'm bad, you know, I'll be, I'll have bad things happen and I'll be condemned and I'll go to hell or something like that. You know, maybe if, maybe that's you. I don't know. I don't know where you guys are at. But, but we've got, if you're in that boat and your heart's right and you want to follow God and you truly love him, but you're being burdened by this truth that, that you believe is true, but that's not true, then, then seek God through his word and learn his truth. Because some people in here need to learn the truth. Some people need to spend daily time in the word and not just listening to sermons by goofballs like me and Marcus and Drew or my wife. You, you need to be in the word directly with God and learn what is the truth. What is it? And then... And then you're not, a, you're not a bumbling idiot like, like Bill Dad who's saying, oh, your, your kids sinned so they died and that's punishment. Man, no. Seek the truth 
of what God's word is and then apply it. That is where wisdom is found. And we trust in Jesus for that wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the books of wisdom. We thank you um, just for the great lessons that they teach us as we look at more stumbling fools like us who try to walk through life in the way of wisdom and try to walk through life following you and, and we mess up. Lord, we all do it, whether we're Job, whether we're Bildad, whether it's Nathan here in Lincoln, New Hampshire, whether it's whoever. Lord, we all fall short. God, help us today to trust in Jesus. Trust in him to help us to apply the truth or to know the truth. That we might walk in wisdom as Jesus walked in wisdom. Father, we pray it's your Holy Spirit who does that and works in and through us to make you known to this community, to, to all those who visit this place. Father, we love you and we trust you and we, we place this in your hands. We pray all these things in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.